0: media, uh, he's promoted these videos, and he's found some real success in reaching people with the good news of the gospel through through the internet. In fact, he calls it worldwide digital evangelism. Uh, he's seen the Lord work in a wonderful way. Um, he was sharing in his most recent letter how 3.4 million people have seen the videos uh, over, I think, just a couple of months period, and so it's been a very effective ministry, at least he's finding it to be. In fact, uh, over the last few months, he's had some 28 people trust Christ as Savior. Now, again, as far as follow-up and what's going on there, I know he's trying to get them to get into a good uh, Bible-preaching church and things like that. But um, anyway, that's been going on. And that letter also shared um, uh, the story actually about one uh, young man and he said that he had about 12 or so messages from people in the, in the folks that he's been in contact with who have been contemplating suicide. Uh, one gentleman had what, no reason to live. And the words uh, in his letter told, uh, he, this guy wrote a letter to, uh, to Dan just say, he, saying he had been encouraged by Dan to watch the video. He watched it. And just a short while later, he trusted in Jesus Christ. And his comment a little later in the letter is this to Dan said, my life now has purpose. What a great change Jesus Christ can make in the life of people. One of the comments that Dan made in his letter is so true, just a very simple statement, and, and we know it. People have no hope. And quite frankly, we've looked at that actually for a few weeks as we contemplated, especially Luke chapter 16, that lost people out Jesus Christ have no hope, but they live life many times without hope and they're looking for answers. Where do I find purpose? Where do I find hope in life? And the hope is in Jesus Christ. But the the question that I asked this morning is where do we hear about Jesus Christ? Where do we learn about him? Where do we find the words of hope? We find them in the Bible, in the word of God, in Scripture. In the pages of Scripture, God shares with us, in the very Word of God, God shares with us hope, hope about eternal life, hope about situations in life, hope about all areas of life. It is through the Bible we find hope, and it's my prayer that today you'll be challenged by that very fact. Let's pray together. Father, open our eyes, our minds, our ears, our hearts to the truth of your Word. Help us to see clearly how important the Bible is to give hope And I pray that we would find in the pages of Scripture the hope we need for life, that we would dig into the Word of God, that we would be stirred by the Word of God and find that this is a book of hope. And so this morning, I'm asking you to help. I pray that you would encourage people who are in the Word. I pray that you would challenge and uh, and stir people who are not to see the great value of the Word of God. And I will thank you for how you'll work and how you use your uh, word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Our theme for this year, My Hope is in Thee in 2023, and it urges us to hope in God. Our key verse, if you remember, is found in Psalm 39, 7, where it says that very thing. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in Thee. And we've told you all along since the very beginning of the year as we've dealt with this subject that the word hope is found 130 times in the pages of Scripture. Uh, There's a lot that God says about hope, and I'm thankful for that. There is a reason for hope. Many verses speak of reasons for hope. Much of the emphasis of hope in the Bible is hope in God. But there is one particular chapter in the Bible where hope is mentioned seven times. But not once does it mention hope in God. Seven times the word hope is found in one simple chapter of scripture. And every one of those seven times it's hope in something else. It's in Psalm 119. And I ask you to turn there this morning. Psalm chapter 119. And in... That chapter in that book, if you know anything about, uh, it actually does seem like a book, that chapter in the book of Psalms, um, in that one chapter, God talks about his word. And it's interesting to me, but of the 123 other times hope is mentioned in the rest of the Bible, we don't find hope ever referred to the word of God but one other time. But seven times in this one chapter, David said, I am hoping in your word. He said it in different ways, but seven times he teaches us the great truth, the important truth, that he hoped in the word of God. Now, you say, well, hope in the word of God in God. Fair enough. I don't argue that point, and I'm not here to argue that point. But what I am stating is something that's rather interesting, because you would think, would you not? If you find the word hope 130 times in in Scripture, that you wouldn't find just hope in the Word of God in one place. You would think you might find it in many. And yet, that seems to be consistent, that Psalm 119 is a place where hope in the Word of God is taught. And I'd like you to see what we learn about that here in Psalm 119. A little bit different. Sometimes we like, or most of the time, we like to preach through a passage. But in Psalm 119 these seven verses and probably a few verses surrounding them to learn what David teaches us, what God teaches us about hope in his word. The Bible says this, look in verse 49. This was actually the verse that kind of got me started to look at the subject a little further in the chapter. Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. I want you to see, first of all, as we begin this morning, the confidence of David in God's Word. You know, in the seven times that he mentions he hoped in God's Word, he is sharing in just about everyone. one. In fact, I think say, he had confidence in the Word of God. In fact, if you see in verse 49, the verse we just read, he said, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. It's interesting. We find that the Bible was the cause, or God was the cause of his hope in the word of God. Uh, That kind of kicks off our study, I know, but David asked God to remember his word. And in that last phrase, David said, God caused me to hope through the word that he gave him. That's a wonderful truth. You see, it's what kept David going on in the midst of difficulties. And if you know about David, you know David had a life of difficulty. I mean, he faced troubles at all different times and stages of life. Uh, You could say David would be a great study and a great example for anyone at any age in life because we basically learn about his life and in each point of his life, whether he was a young man or as a middle-aged person or as an older person, David faced struggles in life. And as he faced those struggles, here's what he found. The word of God gave him hope and that God many times through his word to David gave David the hope that he needed for life. One writer said it well in commenting on this verse. He said, all the hope, he was kind of picturing David here saying, all the hope that I have has been excited by thy word, thy promises. I have no other source of hope. I cherish no other hope. I pray now, since that hope has been thus excited in me, that I may realize all I have been led to desire and to expect, Lord and then he concluded by saying this, the writer, the word of God is the only foundation of hope for people in life. Look, David was confident in his life, even though his life was a series of difficult and trying times, that the word of God was something he could hope in, he could trust it, he could count on in every difficulty of life. I mean, this is a guy who for months, months of his life was being chased by Saul. He had done no wrong. But Saul was trying to take his life because Saul saw David as a threat to which he was not by David's choosing, but because of the word of God that had been told to David that he was going to someday be king and he was anointed such by Samuel. And so uh, so throughout his life and actually as a young man, then he's running for his life being chased by Saul. And yet he gives us this truth. You caused me to hope on your word. Your word gave me hope in the midst of the most Difficult times of my life. A number of times the situation looked bleak for David. I mean, one time he's running on one side of a mountain and, the other, and, and Saul and his army is on the other side. I mean, that doesn't look too good. I mean, there wasn't a lot of distance separating the two people. And you say, well, it, that, was, that was a little too close for comfort. Well, what about if David was hiding inside a cave and Saul came and decided that he was going to sleep in the very same cave? It's a little bit closer. And yet, that situation is found in Scripture. And in the midst of that, as David was in the sides of the cave, as Saul is in the cave sleeping, David was reminded, God has given me great hope. Now, did David fail in that? Well, yeah, we know he did. A little bit later, we find David running for his life and ended up going into the land, kind of the land of the Philistines outside of Israel because he was concerned that he would be killed by the hand of Saul. And sometimes we can lose perspective and sight. But I'm encouraged and I'm reminded in this this chapter specifically that there is a Bible, there is a word that God has given that you and I can rest our hope upon and we can rely upon and we can trust it. See, you might be thinking, well, that was great for David, but it doesn't mean a lot to me. Good. Uh, in fact, let's just take a moment. Keep your place here because we're coming back and we're going to dig into these verses further. But I want you to just see a, a verse in 2 Peter, if you would. And we could turn to many in the New Testament that give us hope in regard to the word of God. But 2 Peter says it real well. As Peter introduced this book and as he talks to the believers here, he talks about grace and peace being multiplied unto them, the knowledge of God and Jesus uh, and of Jesus our lord verse 3 says according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and to virtue see god gives us and promises us and tells us in his word that he has given us a wonderful book his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness and it comes get this through a knowledge Of Him, the greater I know Him, the more I understand, and I'm going to appreciate all the things that He has for me, and the more I can say uh, His divine power is given need for life and as I get to know Him better. Where do I get to know Him? Where do I find out about Him? Where are the answers uh, that tell us about Jesus Christ? It's in this book. It's in the Bible. If you'll notice, it's wonderful because he goes on in verse 4, whereby they are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. It's in the word of God where I learn about God, and by his divine power, God has given me this wonderful book that I might have great and precious promises that I can hold on to just as David could in Psalm 119 thousands of years ago. My friends there is a book today that you and i can rely upon and trust in and you and i can have hope in and we can find hope in the midst of even the most difficult times of life and we find that taught to us in psalm 119 when david said you know what it's your word that has caused me. you have caused me to hope because you've given me your word so david had confidence in the word of god. it's very clear that he had confidence in the word of god now you say well just one verse Very good. Fair enough. So let's look at some of these verses that I said are found in Psalm 119. Go back to verse 33. 43, I'm sorry. Verse 43. Start at verse 41. Let thy mercy come O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy word. Judgments. I've hoped in your word. I've hoped in the truth of your word. He was confident and he was clear that, look, this is what I am trusting in. The word of God is where my trust is. Now you say, all right, that's fair enough. Go back to verse 49. Look at the first word of verse 49. You see it there? The word remember, if you wanted to give a, a literal wording for it, it would be market. So David was saying, Lord, mark this down. I have confidence in your word, and you've caused me to hope in your word. And I have confidence, so Lord, mark it down. I need you to fulfill what you have promised. And here's the truth. If God has said it, God will do it. That is so encouraging. The psalmist found that to be true, and it's no wonder then. God caused them to hope because God had, I think, in many ways he could say, fulfilled his word so many times that I am confident now that God will do it again. So, Lord, mark this. Here's what you told me. I'm counting on this. And it's encouraging that he could say that. So he was confident. And if you don't see the confidence yet, go if you would to verse 74 of this chapter. He says, they that fear thee will be glad when they see me. So people that fear God, people that love God, godly people, he said, are going to be glad to see me. And here's the reason why. Because I'm a person who does the same thing you do. I hope in the word of God. If you look at verse 81, my soul fainteth for thy salvation. He was in difficulty. He struggled. He was looking for hope. He was looking for help. He was looking for answers. But he said, but I hope in thy word. And I'll tell you something, that's when confidence many times in the word of God wanes, isn't it? That's when it gets difficult. When you're going through life, you're in struggles, you're in trials. You know what the Bible says and you're counting on the Bible to come through, but it doesn't seem to be happening. And it's at those times that David was saying in confidence, God, I'm hoping in your word. So are you starting to see his confidence? Look, if you would, at verse 114. Verse 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. Well, well, why do I count on that? And how can I know? And how can I really believe God is my hiding place and shield? Here's the reason why. If you see in verse 114, I hope in thy word. And God said he'll be a shield and he'll be a son and he'll be that protection. He will be that hiding place that we can go to. And so it was his word. He was confident, the confidence of David in God's word. But I want you to see the comfort of David in God's word. Would you go back to verse 49 once again? Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Now, we read that, but we stopped. And if you look at verse 50, here's what we find. He says, this, what? The word that you've caused me to hope on, the word that I hope in, the thing that I am relying upon, you have given me your word, Lord, and this I find to be my comfort. So not only could David say, look, I am confident. That the word of God is true, and I'm relying on it, and it gives me hope. But he could say, "You know, I found the word of God as well to be my comfort." And, and man, if that—if anyone knew about comfort, it had to be David. I mean, who's written anything better than Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. I, I don't know when David wrote that. Maybe it was when he was out with the sheep and and he just moved as he was thinking about the sheep that he cared for and what a shepherd does for him. And and maybe as a young man, he wrote Psalm 23. We're not told. Maybe it was later in life and he thought back to the days he was caring for sheep and and how a shepherd cares for his sheep. And he just thought, you know, God's care has been like that throughout my life. Um, Psalm 23 even carries all parts of life. It really does. And he found that the word of God was his comfort and great hope. He said, Lord, I'm hoping in your word. And because I hope in your word, because I am looking to you and I have confidence in what you have said and I am relying on what you have said, it gives me great comfort. And and when is it giving him comfort? Please understand this and, and don't miss this point. And it's interesting to me because as, as I read Psalm 119, and I look at every one of the references, just about every one of the seven references in Scripture uh, in Psalm 119 about hope in his word. Most everyone is written in the, in the time of trial. And yet he still had hope in the time of difficulty. And so he says, all right, look, your, your word gives me great comfort so that I'm in the midst of <laughs> the difficulty right now, but I have comfort because I hope in your word. An old devotional calendar had this message. It was written about Psalm 119, 49 and 50. Um, And it said this, it it, kind of is uh, uh, writing about the situation in life. And it begins by saying, scandal writes you a letter. But when it arrives, you are so enjoying 1 Corinthians 13 that you burn the letter and you end up praying For the one who wrote you. Poverty gives you a call. Only to find that you are reveling in the unsearchable riches of Christ. And it just doesn't matter. Death invades your home. Strikes down your dearest and best. But instead of overwhelming you with grief, it it has the effect of breaking earth's fetters. And lead you with chastened and joy to anticipate the time when you will enter upon the unreserved fellowships of all eternity. And it concluded with a simple poem poem: The joy, rebuke, the grief, the pain thou sendest, Lord, is all my gain. For all things work for good to one who loveth God and thee, his son. Look, look, friends the word of God has great comfort but if your hope if your confidence is not in the word of God then you're going to miss out on the comfort that David talked about the comfort of God the confidence of David in God's word the comfort of David in God's word the calamities or circumstances of David that challenged hope in God's word I just brought out this fact and we're not going to take a long time on this point because I really like to get to the last point And kind of uh, uh, apply some of these things we're learning uh, to you but did you notice as we read through those verses that each one of them just about everyone is is a guy who's in great difficulty and by the way hope isn't all that important unless you are in difficulty I get that but he's writing. He's saying, you know, I, I'm in I'm in tough times. In fact, many of them are prayers to God. And he's in these calamities. He's in these circumstances. And I'll tell you what: it's in those circumstances that hope is challenged. I mean, uh, go back to David and Saul chasing him. A number of times we see David with that confidence in God and in God's word. Hey, look, the Lord's promised me that someday I will be king. By the way, Jonathan understood that and accepted that. And Saul, if he had any brains, should have accepted that. that look, you can't thwart what God has already determined and decided. But here is a guy that didn't care about that, so he's trying to take David's life. And David's running for his life. And there are so many times where David has great confidence in God. So much so that he says, don't kill Saul. Twice he had opportunity to do that. But don't take him. He's the Lord's anointed. And I'll let God in his day and his time take care of it. Because he had confidence. He had hope in the word of God. And it kept him going. So confidence in calamities, confidence in in difficulties, uh, consequences in the circumstances of life, confidence in the circumstances of life is what David had, hope. Friends, uh, when you're in difficulty in life, that's where you need to turn. The book has answers. The book has hope. Calamities are circumstances of David. Challenged hope in God's word. And it's true. When you're in great difficulty, And you know what God's word said, and it doesn't seem like it's happening. It gets frustrating, doesn't it? I mean, again, we can go back, and we we were just talking about David with Saul and how he trusted God, but then it did come to a place, didn't it? Where he said, I'm going to one day die at the hand of Saul. Well, wait a second. What happened to your confidence in the word of God? Because, look, when things continue and you don't see it come to pass, it gets hard. Have you been there? I have in times in my life. i come to situations and it's like, okay, I know what the Bible says and I'm, I, I believe God's word, but nothing's happening. Or I don't see happening what I, I think should be happening. That, that's probably the biggest thing that, happen, that takes place in calamities. And sometimes we can doubt. And The calamities or circumstances challenged David's hope in God's word. But I want you to see, and we find in these verses, the cry of David based on God's word. Um, we're not going to review all the verses we've, we just ran through a few moments ago. But look at verse, one, verse 145. Would you please? Verse 145. And the, the, this portion, this uh, section of Psalm 119 says, I cried with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord, I will keep. Thy statutes. You say, well, I don't see hope there. I'm glad. Look, if you would, at verse 146. I cried unto thee, save me, I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. Why? I hoped in thy word. I put it that way, the cry of David based on God's word. David here is crying mightily to God. He's in dire straits, and yet he's still hoping in God's word. And it's this hope that caused him to get up before daybreak and get on his knees before God and say, here's what you promised me, Lord. And I'm hoping in your word, I need you to do something. And you say, whoa, what do you, what do you mean the, the idea of, of before daybreak? Well, you see the word, I prevented that word prevented in that passage wasn't that he didn't keep, He kept morning from coming. He was praying so intently, morning just didn't come. That wasn't the idea, and that wasn't what he was bringing out in that, in that verse. It means to proceed. So he got up before daybreak, maybe much before daybreak. And here's the reason why. He believed the Bible, and the Bible gave him hope. So, since he didn't see anything happening, since it didn't seem to be changing, and since the circumstances were dire, he just got up earlier. Okay, Lord, I haven't seen it happen yet, but I so hope in your word that I'm going to get up earlier and going to spend more time with you. That I'm, gonna, I'm not going to throw in the towel and stop going to church, which, by the way, a lot of people end up doing when they're in the difficulties. Because, hey, get this, because they lose hope in the word of God. But when someone has hope in the word, hope so much that they just say, look, it's got to be true. It is true. I'm confident of that fact. And I'm, I'm not, God says it, it's true. Not I believe it. God says it, it's true. doesn't matter whether I believe it or not. And so since that is the case, I, and I haven't seen anything happen, I think the best solution is not quitting church and not stopping prayer and not getting out of Bible reading. I'm just going to do more. I'm going to get up a little bit earlier, and I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm going to plead with God until I see him do exactly what he promised that he would do because I hope in God's word. We see the cry of David. We see of the call of David to hope in God's word. He said, well, wait a second. Cry and the call, they're the same thing. Actually, they're not. I told you that there is one other place where we find the word hope and the word of God in Scripture. So let me give you the chance to look at it. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 130, the only other place of the 120 other times we've seen the word hope, where hope and the word of God are tied together specifically. In Psalm chapter 130, David said once again, look at verse 5, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Now, you say, okay, there you go. And you might be tempted to say, that's great for David. It doesn't help me. Well, let's continue reading. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Notice verse 7. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. So here's what he says. He says, look, it's God's word. Or my hope is, and I'm trusting in it. He says, you know what? Israel, all of God's people, you need to do the same thing that I'm doing. You need to hope in, in, in the God who has given his word. Trust in him. So the call of David this morning is not actually the call of David to God. It's the call of David to us, to the children of Israel. We're, we're talking about the, the children of God, the people of God. So there is a tie that we can make. And the scriptures encourage us to hope in the, in the Lord and hope in his word anyway. So we have this call from David that says this morning to believers, look, hope in the word of God. And you know, it's a guy who had an easy life. It's not from a guy who, who you know, he just, everything went well in his life, everything went just fine. And so, no, you know, I, I'm just telling you, hope in the Lord. This is a guy who was, was, uh, what's, who was put through the rear. I don't even know what that means, all right? But he was. He went through difficult times. He struggled in life. And this guy says, you can hope in the Lord. You can hope in his word. I do. And I want to encourage you to do the same. So that's why we come to the last point of, of the outline for today, and it's the conclusion for believers. We've talked about David We've shared with you a number of things that David said in his word, but there are a lot of conclusions for you and I to make. First of all, you and I have great reason to hope in God's word. And the reason we do is because it's absolutely true. Jesus Christ said these words as he prayed to the Father. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17. 17 the Bible tells us in Titus chapter 1 and verse 2 God that cannot lie promised before the world began talking about salvation that he promised and he just states that fact God cannot lie in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 16 and 17 the verses we know all scripture is given by inspiration of God it's breathed out by God this book that we hold in our hands today The word is the word of God, the word of almighty God. These are the words that God has given us and they hold great promises and they hold great truth. And because they do, we can and we should hope in the word of God. There is a great reason to hope in God's word because it is true. And the testimony of David in Psalm 19 was that very fact. He could write and say, hey, look, I've had great difficulties. I cried to the Lord. In fact, when he cried to the Lord, he said, God, I hope in your word. And David obviously found it to be true. Otherwise, he wouldn't have told us those facts. The word of God is truth, absolute truth. And you can count on it. Jesus said that no word of the law not one jot or tittle of the law would fail but all would be fulfilled and by the way he did that very thing but the reason why is because God's word is true there is nothing that has failed from the word of God since the very beginning of time when God said that he made the worlds in Genesis chapter 1 he did and he made the world in 6 days and he didn't take he didn't take years and years and he didn't take uh, the evolutionary Um, uh, mentality as some people have sadly in Christianity Jesus made the world in six literal we would say literal 24 hour days and on the seventh day he rested because what he says is true and he was the only one there that observed it no one else was and that's what he told us he did his word is absolute truth And it's not just Genesis chapter one, but it's all through the rest of the Bible that everything God said is true. It's always been true. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. Not only did Jesus didn't just tell truth, Jesus didn't just live truth, he is truth. By the way, we can argue that the Bible and scriptures tell us that the Bible is truth, it is. It doesn't just hold truth. It doesn't just have it. It is the embodiment of truth. And so you and I have great reason to hope because the word of God is true. Now, the word of men, well, well, it doesn't come through all that much. And I understand why we have hopes that are sometimes dashed. Well, let me tell you, I placed an online order on February 16th and the information stated The item would be delivered February 19th, I think it was. The 19th came and went. No product. I went back and checked the order once again, and it said the 21st. 21st came and went. And on the 22nd, I happened to go and look at the order once again, and it said the 23rd. Well, it didn't come on the 23rd. I'm still waiting. I um, think it was Thursday. It uh, finally actually moved a few days away. It said the 27th. So you say, oh, well, that, we're, still, we're still in good shape with that one, right? <clears throat> yeah, but sadly, I checked the next day. And it said March 1st, so I have no idea. I haven't checked it for two days now, and I'm almost afraid to check it again because every time I check, there's a new date because, you know, people's word often doesn't come through. And it's discouraging. You know, sometimes, though, what happens, I think, is that we look at what men do and how they're not truthful with us, and sometimes we take the word of God and kind of put it almost on the same plane. And maybe we're tempted to do that because so many promises have been made to us throughout life that haven't come to pass. And I'm telling you something, God's word is absolutely true. It always has been, it always will be, and you can count on it and you can put your hope in it. Now, I put my hope in that company and they failed me. And, you know, I've had a real exciting time the last couple weeks because there was another company that I trusted in as well. I brought a product back that I wasn't happy with on a a week ago Friday, and I was told that I would be called because they were very busy, the following Tuesday or Wednesday to tell me what they were going to do about the situation, the thing that I wasn't happy with. Tuesday came and went, Wednesday came and went. Come on, see some of you are smiling because you've been through this very same thing. Friday, I I went into the place of business that I had been in the week before. And I sat down and they acted like they hadn't even seen me before. It was kind of amazing. And so finally, now I've been told they are going to work on this. And they're going to resolve this. And they're going to take care of this. You know, you get a lot of promises in life. They may not come to pass. But, but the truth is, to know, is that God's word is true. And you can in it. And although... Throughout life, many hopes have been dashed because I've had promises made that haven't come to pass. God's promises always do, always do. And so we have great reason to hope in God's word because it's true. But can I also say this? And this is one of the things that that it may seem like a strange challenge, but you, can, you have great reason to study God's word because hope rests in knowledge of what God has said. And this is something that I know the psalmist didn't say, and he didn't in Psalm 119. But here's the fact. He was hoping in the word because he knew what the word of God was. You can't hope in something you don't know. True. We know that to be the case. Let's just say, for the sake of illustration, you um, you go to the doctor, and he says you have a, a very unique kind of cancer, stage four. You only have a couple months to live. No, I mean obviously that would be absolutely positively devastating. So then you do what everyone else does. You go home and you get on the internet and you try to find like through the 8,000 different thing you know <laughs> things that talk about this specific kind but here's the thing you, you study it all and you find nothing. You find nothing credible upon which you can rest your hope. So what's your what's your condition after that? Probably just absolute devastation. I've got a few months to live. There's not, I haven't found anything. I haven't found anything online. I've I've contacted everyone I possibly can. There's no one that gives me any answer. And so here you are, you're you're totally hopeless. And you would continue to be hopeless, right? I mean, if there's nothing, but let's just say that somehow in the course of conversation with, with a good friend, you just say, man, I heard something from the doctor this week, and it looks like I only got a few months to live. He told me I have this. And, and their eyes light up, and they say, my uncle had the same thing. And he searched everywhere to find an answer, but he found a doctor in Colorado that works at such and such a hospital. He was doing experimental treatments. He went, and he got it, and it gave him life. What's going to happen immediately? Hope. Why? Because you hear there's something out there so then you get the phone number and and you call that doctor you call the hospital you call whatever the center wherever he's at and you find out that they are willing to to, you know to meet with you and you you fly out to Colorado and you get tests done and then you sit in the office and the doctor comes in and says you know your case is just like that, that gentleman you mentioned I really think this will work and what happens Hope soars and only because your knowledge changed, not because anything else changed. Let me me just say, we, we have a whole heap of Christians in Christianity today who are miserable Christians. And part of it is because they are not in the word of God and they don't even know what the Bible says. So they don't have hope for the situations they're facing in life. My friends, look, if you and I are going to be the kind of Christian God wants us to be, then we are going to have to be people who dig in this book and find out what it says so that we have the hope that God has given us and promised us in his word that we can claim and we can use for life. I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who are going to. Now, look, there are medical professionals that can help, but there's a lot of people going to psychologists for things that God has already shared in his word and given hope about, but they have lost hope. Either they've lost hope or they don't even know there's hope in the Bible because they haven't searched it. And they're looking for hope in all sorts of other places other than the place where God says, I've got great hope for you if you'll just get in my book. If you're not reading the Bible on a daily basis, you are going to miss out on truths that could give you hope in the midst of your difficulty. If you're not coming and you're not under the preaching of God's word and you're making the choice that I'm not going to be in a place where the word of God is preached, that not because I don't care for it, I don't want it, but just because, well, i got a busy life, then you're going to miss out on a lot of the hope that God has for you if there's a place where the Bible is being preached in a church where the word of God is taught. You know, you're gonna miss out if you don't come to Sunday school. On hope. You're gonna miss out if you don't come on Sunday nights, you don't come on Wednesday nights. You're gonna miss out on hope. Not because I have hope, but because the word of God is true, and the more you know of it, the more you have opportunity and more things you have to hope in. If you don't know it, you can't hope in it. You need to read the Bible on a daily basis. You're missing out on so many things that can help you if you miss out on preaching and teaching of God's Word and if you don't spend time yourself in the pages of Scripture. You see, there's a great reason to study the Word of God because hope rests in knowledge. When I know what God has said, then I have reason to hope because God never lies. Now, the third thing under this uh, final, the conclusions, if you would, is that you need to know that hope will often be tested and you have to keep hoping. The world Like, yeah, it didn't come on the 13th, didn't come, or it didn't come on the 19th, didn't come on the, you know. All right, now they're telling me the 20th, 27th. Now they're telling me March 1st. Okay, not, not in a hope that maybe is futile. But we're talking about hope in God has said. God said it. But please understand this. That doesn't mean God's going to do it in your timing or in your way. David found that many times he was at the end of his rope. He he cried out. I got up early in the morning. I cried out because I haven't seen the answer, Lord, and I'm hoping in your word. So get there. There are going to be times. Maybe even uh, depths of despair times where it's going to appear like the Bible isn't true. Now, you, we don't want to say that. We don't want to admit that. But it's true. I, I think Job came to the end of his rope, he did trust God. But it seems like when he got to the end of the book, because he did say this, I repent, you know, I've heard you, Lord, I've seen you, I've talked to you, and I repent now. Understand this. There are going to be tests in life that are going to cause you to question, is God's word really true? Just expect it. It's it's the way life is. And God didn't say, you're not going to have... Difficulties. God didn't say there are going to be times where you will never ever doubt whether God's word is true because it's in those times that your faith is really strengthened. When you just say, okay, Lord, nothing before me says your word is true but I'm going to believe it anyway because you said it. And I'm going to keep believing it because you said it. I'm going to examine my life. I'm going to make sure that I really understand what the Bible does say. That would be a good thing to do in the midst of difficulties. But, Lord, I don't care what the difficulty says. I don't care what the circumstance says. I am hoping in your word because you never lie. And I'm going to put my faith in that. And when you do, I'll tell you, you find the help that David found. In the difficulties. But understand this. Don't expect everything to go well. Don't expect because you say now, all right, I believe the Bible that everything's going to go well. Here's someone that says, I believe what God says about giving, so I'm going to start giving. You know, that's one one issue. A lot of times, issues that a Christian has. They start giving. Well, you know, they expect that when they when they start giving that they're just going to have this windfall all of a sudden come in and everything's going to be fine. But the, but the truth of the matter is, when you start giving, you might find that, uh, well. Your, your car breaks down and you got some more expenses you never thought you'd have and, and you really get tested are you going to believe God can you have hope in his word will, will God meet my need as I do what he's told me to do so understand this hope will often be tested so keep hoping keep trusting there's something else I learned from Psalm 119 that challenged me, and, and here I give it to you. Your prayer life needs to be entrenched in the Word of God. And what I mean by that is that a lot of times we pray, but our prayers are centered on this is what I want, and this is what I believe, and this is what I think. But when David said he cried to God, his cry to God was, Lord, I hope in your Word. So here is what your Word says and here's what I'm praying for, because this is what your word says. Do you get that? So he could actually say, all right, Lord, this is what I'm praying about. Let's say he was praying about the situation with Saul. And and maybe Psalm 119, one of those verses was talking, maybe he was thinking about that situation. And he's saying, okay, Lord, God, I cried to you. I got up early and I cried unto you because, Lord, I'm hoping in your word. And here's what you have promised. And I'll tell you, when you pray like that, it's powerful praying. When your prayer is, God, take this illness away from me, rather than, okay, Lord, show yourself mighty in this and needs today because you promised that you'll never leave me or forsake me. Sometimes our prayers are, Lord, end this financial situation, and, and, and God hasn't promised that. God, do this. God heal. God hasn't necessarily promised that. But when you're entrenched in the word of God, and when you can say, here's what God says in his word, and Lord, I'm trusting in that, your prayer life becomes powerful because you're taking God's words and you're reminding God this is what you've said. And that's what the psalmist did so many times. I hope in your word, Lord, here's what you told me. This is what I'm counting on. Here's my prayer for praying. And it's really, I think, a challenging passage of Scripture. And those verses are challenging because they remind us that our power really does not come in our own opinions, our own ideas in prayer, but our power comes when we can say, here's what you have said. Lord, I'm anxious, but you said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. That is your promise. And you said that with thanksgiving, you said the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep my heart and mind. I believe that, Lord. I'm hoping in that. I need that. And so, Lord God, hear my requests, and here's what I bring before you today. And I'm trusting your word. I have hope. Your prayer life should be firmly entrenched in the word of hope. And that kind of ties to the last thought. Your hopeful expectations must not be based on your ideas, but God's truth. Now, there's a lot to learn from David quite frankly thought that we would talk about a whole bunch of other things today. But as I read through Psalm 119, as I saw those seven verses and I thought them through, there's just a powerful lesson about hope in the word of God. And I don't know if you need it, but I need it to be reminded of these things. And I am thankful for the lessons we can learn from David. So this morning, I ask you, is your hope in the word of God in regard to your current situation right now in life? I want you to think about that. Take a minute. Ponder it. Is your hope in the word of God in regard to your current situation? Well, I don't even know what it says. Then your hope isn't in the word, and you need to get in the Bible. Dig. And if you don't know where to look, you don't know where to find it, Get someone who loves God and loves God's, loves God's word and sit down with them and say, help me. Help me find what God has said so I can have hope for the situation that I'm in in my life because I don't know where to go now. Here's another thing. Are your prayers based on infallible truth or your own wants? Do you find that challenging? I've asked myself that question as I've been preparing this and as I've thought about this subject this week. What are my prayers like? Are my prayers, God, do this for me, and God, take care of this for me, and, Lord, here's this situation, and do this for me. Or are my prayers, Lord, you have said this in your word. I have got a situation right now that, uh, that I need this truth. I need help with I need you to fulfill it. So, God believe your word to be true challenging for me to come to my prayer life and ask myself that question and I ask you that today do you need to change your prayer life or are you praying based upon the infallible truth of God's word rather than just your wants Um, do you need to seek someone out to help you understand God's truth about your current crisis Look, look I today hope is hope is found here hope is found in God's word God's word is truth so do you need to start reading the Bible on a regular basis do you need to get in a Bible preaching church do you need to to be a person who changes your prayer life there are a lot of challenges today from Psalm 119 the question is will you do anything with Will you do anything with power Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I just asked a number of questions, and maybe you're here. You know, you know, Pastor, there might be a few things. There might be just one. But you say, you know, as I read those verses about David and how he related his hope in the word of God, there's something that spoke to me today. Maybe you haven't been in this book. You don't know the promises of God because you don't even know what the Word of God says. You just aren't a, a student of the Bible. You're not in the book like you ought to be, and you can't open the. Word. You don't know what the Word says. So you'd say God challenged me about. God challenged me about, about um, my prayer life and and praying, in uh, in finding out what the Bible says and then praying.